0: You probably already came in here loaded with the Spirit of God. I can tell there's some loaded folks in the house. But um, we've been, we're declaring tonight a saturation service. So, and saturation. There's already just like a tangible anointing and presence of the Lord here because we've been lifting up his name. We've been magnifying his name in praise and worship. So his presence is already permeating this very atmosphere and I'm thankful for that. And then I, I, one of the things that was going over in my heart about having this time tonight since the beginning of the year Pastor Mark's been teaching on the year of the greater and really on how to activate his presence in our life and it's been so rich and i know that personally it's it put more of a hunger in me just to have more of god in my life and to have that glory manifesting in every area of our life we've been having some fabulous some wonderful services every time we come together and, and the last few weeks pastor's been doing something during this morning we did it during the worship service Activating the altars where people can come and just have those agree with them and have their needs met. And so I so appreciate that in the leadership here, in in my husband, in my pastor, in the leadership here of, of creating that atmosphere where God is welcomed to manifest himself. But as I was thinking about tonight and just said as corporately that we were just going to come into his presence and just wait on him One of the things that is required for God to manifest Himself in our life is time. We must give Him time. Heaven and Jesus are not like some of the Oklahoma convenience stores. They have convenience stores in Oklahoma called Get and Go. Get and Go. G I G I T. Get it and go. Run in there and get whatever you got to get, and get out of there. But you know, God isn't like that. Heaven's not like that. Heaven is not like a a drive-through where oh, you know, you drive through, put your order in. I got to get it quick. Or it's not like you don't can't walk into the throne room of grace and say, "Is there an express lane? I only have a few minutes. I need this, God, and I need it now." Sometimes our relationship with Him is just strictly based on needs. Just, you know, we get into this thing of we only come and talk to Him when we need something. We only run into His presence when there's a a crisis in our lives. Pastor Mark and I have this movie that we like, and some of you may have seen it. Anybody ever seen this movie, What About Bob? It's a hilarious show, actually, an old show. But it's about this guy who drives his psychiatrist crazy. And anyhow, <laughs> he, he, he had this one scene in there when the psychiatrist was talking about that he's going to go on vacation. He can't see him. Bob breaks down and he's like, But I, I need, I need, I need. Give me, give me, give me. I need your time. And sometimes people are like that in their relationship with God. It's all about, I need, I need, I need. And you know, God is merciful. Thank God that he is, and he will be there in our hour of need. But sometimes I think if I was God, you know, I might have the attitude, that's not working for me. If you only come to me when you need something. But it's a good thing I'm not God. Because God's merciful. And Jesus will be there in our hour of need. Thank God for it. You probably have heard this too, that some people, they make a big deal about it, that God is the God of the 11th hour. It might be one minute till midnight, but he'll always come through. And I've often wondered about that. Why is that that God people say that? God's the God of the 11th hour. He comes through at the last minute. You know, really why that is, is because most of the time people exhaust all their other resources. They do everything that they could possibly do to think of. They try to fix the problem. They try to fix the person. Oh, yeah. And in the 11th hour, at the last second, I better call. Call on God and they call on God and they start praying and they start quoting the scriptures and making their confessions and God shows up because he's merciful. But I'm glad that Jesus is the God of the first hour, second hour. I mean, the minute anything shows up in our life. But even when we're not going through a crisis, even when we don't have a big need, what he wants from us is fellowship. He wants communion with us. He's our Father. He's our Savior. He loves us. He wants us to have this personal relationship with Him. And if we don't develop that, we're living so far below what He has intended for us. He desires us to come to Him, just to commune with Him. Because He has so much He wants to impart into us. So much he wants to put on the inside of us. Tonight, I believe that we're going to give place to him just to to wait on him. I can't saturate you with the Spirit of God. I can't soak you with his presence. But we can create an atmosphere which has already begun through worship and through the preaching. Of the Word, so we 're just going to give you a few scriptures tonight before we just uh, wait on the Lord. A very familiar one, the prophet Isaiah, I believe had revelation of the importance of just waiting in god 's presence. Isaiah chapter forty verse twenty eight through thirty one I want to read this in the amplified the word of God says here, "Have you not known? Have you not heard? Have we known? Have we heard?" The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. There's no searching of his understanding. Then I love this verse in verse 29. He gives power to the faint and the weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Causing it to multiply and making it to abound. That's a good promise, isn't it? Then we'll continue reading verse 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the selected young men shall feebly stumble and fall in exhausted. This is us right here. But those. Yeah that weight up on the Lord. We got any people in here that are willing to give the Lord time in your life. That are willing to give Him first place. He's not the last thing that you think of at the end of the day. He's the first thing on your mind when you wake up in your morning. In the morning He's the first thing in the, that comes out of your mouth. If this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice in it. He's my lord he's my savior and I worship him that's us right those who wait on the lord expect and look for and hope in him shall exchange and renew their strength and power they shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God I like that close to God because of the blood We can come close to Him. We can draw nigh to Him without any kind of sense of sin or condemnation if we've been washed in the blood. So we're going to do that. We're going to draw close to Him. As eagles mount up to the sun, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. I'm glad I don't have to be weary and tired. And if I'm tempted to, I know where to go and get strength. I know where to go and get refreshed. It starts with waiting. It starts with expecting. It starts with looking unto Him. Look unto Him and look away from everything else. That will distract. we got to give God time and we have to give Him our attention. We have to give Him the first place due to Him in our heart. And that sometimes we say that, but sometimes that's not easy to do. You get into His presence, you say, okay, I'm going to worship the Lord, I'm just going to spend time with Him, and all these pulls, all these thoughts, all these distractions come. And we're just overloaded now with media. You might have your iPhone there, your iPad, you got all this stuff, your computer. All these things. We boast ourselves on being connected. But what are we connected to? Connected to Him. Looking unto Him means looking away from distractions and pools and things that would try to get our attention. And if we will do that, He promises that He will impart into us. He will renew and refresh and revive and strengthen us. In his presence, we can get soaked and saturated with all that he is. Let me ask you a question. Has anybody ever been caught out in a rainstorm? We have rainstorms in California, but not so much like they do in the Midwest. You ever been caught out in a rainstorm and you got soaked? You got drenched. You didn't have an umbrella, you didn't have a jacket, you weren't prepared to th- for this. And it was like, everything on you was wet. Listen to this definition of soaked, because I think that that is a good word picture for us, being soaked, being drenched out in a rainstorm. Soaked, to be immersed, to become thoroughly wet. And then you may have heard this saying, they didn't have a dry bone on their body. They were so wet. It's not a good thing to have dry bones in your body in the natural it's not a good thing to have dry bones spiritually so we want to be soaked we don't want to have a dry bone in our body we don't want to have a dry bone spiritually we want to be immersed by the presence of God if you've been tempted to be a little bit dry spiritually you come to the right place because the presence of God is here Whenever we invite him, he's here. And whenever we seek him, he shows up. Seek me and you'll find me. Call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you haven't even asked for. That's the beauty about just waiting upon the Lord. You're not coming with a long agenda. You're not coming with a real long prayer list. You're just saying, okay, Lord, I'm just going to come and I'm just going to be I'm just going to be in your presence. I'm just going to sit here, Lord, and just worship you, express my love to you. If there's anything on your heart today, Lord, that you want to put in my heart, I'm open. If there's anything that you want to say to me, anything you want me to do, Lord, I'm listening. And you know the beauty of that when we come with that kind of attitude? You know what he does? He puts things in us. He'll give you direction that you need maybe answers to things that you've been seeking, and you're not even asking Him at the moment, but all of a sudden, the light comes on. You can't have fellowship with the Father of light without receiving light and illumination into your spirit. It's not a works thing where we get in His presence and we get, give me, give me, give me. i got to have, i got to have. It's just, Lord, I just want to be here. I want to be with you today. I want you to be able to tell me what you want to tell me. Be still. There's a real art to that too, just being still and know that I am God. Sometimes, and you know that I like to be happy, and I am happy, and I like joy, and I like running and shouting, and, and that's a lot of my praise time with the Lord is pretty exuberant. But there are times when I know that he's just trying to, saturate me with his presence and I just need to lay in my bed and be quiet and just let him infuse into me what he's trying to tell me it's not a good uh, it's not communication if you're married it's not communication if you're the one that does all the talking some people if they go into they're having problems in their marriage they'll go see a marriage counselor and one of the spouses will say I don't know what the problem is I think everything's great and the other one might say, yeah, because you do all the talking. I never get to express how I feel about this. So it's great for them because they're just yakety-yacking all the time. And I, think, I wonder if God doesn't feel like that sometimes where he's like, okay, it's good. Tell me what's on your heart. And that's what a lot of people do. They come in his presence, tell them what's on their heart, and then they're like, okay, see you later. And he's like, ah, uh, I had something to say, ah, uh, but, ah, uh, and... See you later, God. He wants us to have communication. Certainly pour out our hearts to him, but let him infuse into us what he wants to say as well. And then we're having soaking and saturation. Let me get the definition of saturate. Saturate, to soak, to load, to capacity. I like that one. To load, to capacity. You know, you can have more capacity than someone else. You can stretch spiritually, and you can learn to take in more. You can start out at a certain level, but, you know, he said, I'll load you to capacity. Whatever you can receive, that's what you're going to get. And then another one is to permeate. To permeate. When we get soaked and saturated, it's like being a sponge, just taking in all of him. And then I I like this, and, you know, I don't want to do, you know, like a big play on words, but it works here. Saturate. What are the first three letters of saturate? S A T. Very good. (laughs) Some of you just said sat. I said one of the first letters. Very good. S-A-T. Sat. Sat. So to get saturated means that something's going to sat. On you, and when I saw that immediately, of course I thought of, of Acts chapter two, and we're not in a really big hurry. So you know this is a great fat verse. So Acts chapter two, verse one through four, you're familiar with it, but uh, let's just lay the foundation here a little bit further, so you can see what I, what it means to be saturated, saturated. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from, where'd it come from? Sound from heaven. If anybody ever tells you that speaking in tongues is of the devil, this is a good scripture right here. Well, that can't be because it was a sound from heaven. It wasn't a sound from hell. A sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And what did they do? What did the fire of God do? Yeah. Yeah. Previous, verse. Previous verse. Verse 3. What did it do? These tongues of fire. Sat. Everybody say sat! sat sat upon them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. From this passage alone, don't you think that it is safe to say after they were sat on, they were saturated. It was after they were sat on that they stumbled out into the streets and you can read on in that chapter they stumbled out into the streets they were accused of being drunk and they were so filled filled with the Holy Ghost Peter stood up and preached and 3,000 people were saved I would say that Peter had a saturation experience a few days before he was denying the Lord but when the Holy Ghost saturated him and sat upon him and loaded him to capacity and permeated his being, every fiber of his being, then he went out into the street and boldly preached the gospel. I think the church needs to be sat on again. How about you? I think there's a lot of Christians that they need the Holy Ghost to come and sit on them. And consumed them with fire from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon them. I rest my case on saturation. (laughs) Saturation has to do with the Holy Ghost wrapping his fiery arms. and wings around you and you becoming wall to wall fire wall to wall presence so soaked so permeated with the presence of God you're like a sponge you may come into his presence dry but if you'll just suck it all in the presence of God The anointing of God. Your sponge will get saturated. And you'll leave this place. And anybody that touches you, the presence of God will drip on them and come out of them. I believe these times that we're having, and this isn't going to be the only time that we do this. We do this a lot in this church. But these times that we are having in his presence, it helps increase our capacity to receive. Do you know that the more filled you are with the Spirit, you get acclimated to the Spirit. You know, when you're first filled with the Holy Ghost, it's just like one little dose, and you're, (laughs) you're tipsy, because it's, whoa! This is God's new wine. But you keep drinking, and you keep drinking. I've seen this in my own life, you know? I, I, I can handle more now. Some of you, I'm not going to ask you. I am not going to ask you. How many of you were good drinkers and you boasted about how much liquor you could handle out in the world? Well, that's not a good thing to boast about. But you know, it ought to be a good thing that we just get used to drinking into the presence of God. And not that that we're used to it and we're casual about it. But we ought to have an ability to receive more. Because He's going to do more. And we ought to have our lives ought to be pure and holy before Him. He can't pour out the more. He can't saturate us with a ton of fire and His Spirit if there's sin in our lives. Because if that's the case, when that presence of God comes down upon us in full measure, if we're not living right and there's a bunch of sin, guess what? There's going to be some crispy critters in the camp. The fire, because the fire consumes sin. So we're getting things out. Hallelujah. We're learning how to live in His presence and to have greater glory in our life. Our whole mentality is changing that, God, you're huge. You're big. You're great. You want to do more in my life and in our midst. And I'm just going to keep stretching. I'm going to believe you for more. I'm going to just keep opening my heart and letting you do everything you want to do in my life. I'm going to truly let you be Lord. We don't want to have the mentality of, Lord, uh, just a little dab will do me. A little dab of His presence won't do. We want more. Let me ask you this. This comes to me. If you were to get a call, from a furniture store, and it wasn't a gimmick. And they said, okay, we had this contest, or whatever. And your name was selected. We're doing a big giveaway here. Whatever you can get in the vehicle you show up in, it's yours. (laughs) Now, I guarantee you... Exactly. I guarantee you that you're not going to... If one of your friends has a little Volkswagen bug, you're not going to go over to their house and ask them if you can borrow their Volkswagen bug. You're going to go rip the biggest u haw you can find because they said whatever you can carry away in your vehicle is yours. And you know, God is doing that all the time. He's saying whatever you can carry away, Right. Whatever you can contain, whatever you can receive is yours. And people come into his presence with tablespoon mentality. Okay, God, here's my tablespoon. Fill me up. Fill up my tablespoon. And he's like, okay, here's your tablespoon. And he's like, but I had a semi for you. And you brought a tablespoon. We're going to increase, aren't we? We're increasing our expectancy and our capacity to receive more. We're going to drink in of his presence on a regular basis. Like I said, I love our church because I believe every service, there's an atmosphere here. And every service is different. They're not all the same. But every service has presence on it. And the presence is designed for you to eat the Word of God and drink in of His Spirit. Yeah. And it's a, you know, eating and drinking in the natural is a personal thing. I can say to Terry, you know, I want to go out to lunch. And we go to lunch and we both order food and she doesn't eat any of hers. I, can't, I can eat with Terry, but I can't eat for her. If she doesn't open her mouth and eat, guess what? I'm going to take her food home too. (laughs) You can eat with a person, but you can't eat for them. You can drink a refreshing water beverage with a person, but you can't drink for them. So, God's here. His presence is here. The Word of God, there's no shortage of the Word of God here. The Word of God is here. But whether you eat, whether you drink, it's up to you. It's a personal thing. It's an individual thing. A great way, and I'm so thankful again that we have this avenue here, but a great way to begin drinking in of His presence is through worship. It's a wonderful way to approach Him. And sometimes when you're starting out just waiting on the Lord, it's hard for you to maybe have the words to express your love and admiration. I love the Psalms. Now, not every one of them are a worship and a prayer, but many of them are. And if you're finding it difficult to just say, well, what do I say to God? Where do I start? Go over and find a Psalm that really speaks to you. Because David was a worshiper. The Bible calls him a man after God's own heart read an anointed psalm to him begin to sing one of your favorite worship songs to him pastor knows that i love old hymns i've said this before for some people when they talk about the oldies they're talking about old rock songs from the 60s for pastor tom and i when we talk about oldies we're talking about hymns that's what we grew up on So even today, we're sitting on the couch this afternoon, and I don't know if he was on his iPad or his iPhone. Pastor starts pulling up all these old hymns, and I'm just like, okay, let's just start soaking. Because that speaks to me. Whatever speaks to you. Find the music. Find the Psalms that really speak to you. And either sing them to the Lord, read them to the Lord. So before we uh, begin tonight in that, just waiting on the Lord, and I is going to have a worship song, and then we're just going to wait on the Lord, but I want to read a psalm to you. Psalms 34. Verse one, I love this psalm. Don't you love the word? This is a good one. Let me find it here. I have all my little papers. Psalms 34, verse one: "I will bless the Lord." At all times. Wait a minute. Oh yeah, up there at the top. Let's read this together. Starting with the I. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. And then I love this one. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. The next one is awesome, too. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not uh, shamed. Hallelujah. What are we gonna do? We're gonna bless the Lord at all times. His praise and thanksgiving will continually be in our mouths. We're gonna continue to magnify the Lord. You may have come in here with some problems, some difficulties, staring you in the face. But as we begin to wait upon the Lord, I don't want you to be thinking about the problem. I don't want you to be thinking how horrible this is and what am I going to do, magnifying that I don't know what to do. I want you to say by an act of faith and with your will, Lord, I'm going to magnify you. I will magnify the Lord. And then it says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. If you do need direction, if you do need wisdom, as you're just seeking the Lord, he's going to hear you. And I believe he's going to instill into your spirit what you need to know. Amen. I like verse 5. We read it out of the King James. In the King, I mean, of the New King James. In the King James it says, they looked to him and were lightened. So if you came in here tempted to be a little bit heavy, carrying some cares, look to Him. He'll lighten your load. Yes, he will. Amen. Cast your cares Hallelujah. over yes. upon yeah. the Lord. Yeah. And then in the Holman translation of verse 5, those who look to Him are radiant with joy. Radiant with joy and I know that's where we'll end tonight because Psalm 1611 says in his presence is fullness of joy